Hello, I am Brittany. And I am Marcella, and we are the Grounded Space Cadets. We are here to ground the spiritual in the here and now to build community without shaming, dismissing, or indoctrinating. So let's do what we're here for. Let's dive in and raise our vibrations. Hello, Marcella. Hello, Brittany. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Do we want to three, two, one it? No, we're just going to start now. It's perfect. It's going to start now. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Grounded Space Cadets. Hi, everyone. I am Brittany. And I am Marcella. And today we are talking about everyday spiritual practices. We are. So what does that mean? What does it involve? And what we really, our intention behind this is why having a spiritual practice is of value to you in your life, how you can practically start your own practice. What does it mean? What does it take? Suggestions of maybe what sort of things you should look into, do a little bit of research, because as you guys all know, we never just tell you guys to go do it just to go do it. Our intention behind our podcast is to educate and to inspire you to go seek for you to become an, a seeker of knowledge and a seeker of your own path towards your authentic self. Yeah, I feel like spirituality in this day and age is very commodified. Same with self-care. We'll see that spirituality practices and self-care sometimes look very much the same, but it's the intention behind each of those that distinguish them. And with spirituality and self-care in this day and age of um, social media and TikTok, it's, it's been heavily commodified. So we will be discussing some of those, those things along the way. Um, But it is, you know, your path to your own spirituality is what we really care about. And also then finding community members or people who align with your practices with others and with us, would that be great? You can join us. Absolutely. Because we all need support. You know, this journey of life is not easy. And especially as you start uncovering a new phase or a new, a new, uh, you know, want to connect deeper with your true self, you know, this can become a little daunting sometimes and a little overwhelming. There's a lot out there coming at us, especially like you said, with social media presence, it tends to be over trended. And what we like to do with our podcast, hopefully you're getting a little bit away from the trend idea of how things are presented. And we're, we're trying to educate to a sense of you can really understand the value behind, you know, having a practice, the value behind meditation, the value of breath work, the value of, you know, really digging and understanding why sage, why Palo Santo, why crystal bowls, why crystals why you know really it's it's hopefully you're seeking you're going more down the path of being a seeker of questioning rather than just taking what an influencer is putting on their wall on their story on their feed and you just practicing because it's the trend it's the cool thing to do because you want to post on your story because you want to be a part of it and and getting away from this whole fear of missing out and be like understanding that there is some true value but it also takes some understanding of before I go practice, maybe let me educate myself this means, what it entails, you know, and you brought it up as we were getting ready for this podcast today, how, you know, like the commercialization of it all, 
we're also kind of going against the flow of energy with why these herbs and why these plants are here for us because we're just taking and we're, we're commodities. We're, we're making money from it. We've, we've, we've gotten away from asking for permission. We've gotten away from the ritual, from the exchange of energy with mother earth and thank her for this. We're just taking, 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 taking. And maybe it's, it's a reason why we're not seeing the res, not necessarily the results, but maybe we're not achieving you know, what we're seeking to achieve. Maybe we're just lacking a little bit of education, a little bit of knowledge. Right. Yeah. And if your spiritual practices or even if your self-care practices um, are rooted in exploiting another culture's spiritual practices or um, commodifying it, then it's not really a spiritual practice. It's a commercial practice, right? So um, kind of investigating the source of our practices is really important. In fact, I put that on our list of spiritual practices as um, one of them being study. Like it is important to study um, your spirituality. I mean, think about in Christianity, a big part of Christianity is having um, Bible circles and studying the Bible and like gathering with other folks to review um, passages in the Bible and really pick apart the meaning of them. Um, mm-hmm. If you are not, if your spiritual spirituality, it doesn't involve an organized religion like that. It's still important to really study the roots of your spiritual practice and where it comes from. And because we do tend to borrow from mm-hmm. what's, what's shared out there. And I'm guilty of that. I have, Me too. Um, I have uh, sage smudge sticks, white sage and, uh, for this podcast, I got really, I d- took a deep dive into learning about white sage and um, I, I was really kind of shocked how much I didn't know about it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I knew more, but I mean, that's, that's the great thing of studying. It's like, as soon as you start to realize like, oh, I didn't really know much about this one thing, it kind of opens up that door of curiosity, like, ooh, what else don't I know? And then what else mm-hmm. can I learn? Like, learning about your own cultural lineages, practices with plants, like Polish, Portuguese, Scottish, English. And I just found like tons of websites on Polish traditional um, medicinal plant use. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I could look into that and like explore my lineage with plant medicine and et cetera, et cetera. So there's just so much information out there and we want to really use our discernment with um, Mm -hmm. what we're consuming and what we're using and and, um we are the western western culture we are a culture of extraction and so i think it's important if we are trying to be spiritual and harmonize with our environment and within ourselves like we need to really critically look at what are we extracting from others right and and remembering that it comes down to being respectful, you know, it's, it's okay to take the influence of all of these different cultures, these different spiritual practices. I myself pull from Buddhism, I pull in from Hinduism, I pull in from even, you know, my ancient cultures, and, and it's, it's okay, because we, we are a collection of all of these practices, you know, I feel like I think it was the Buddha or one of these um, uh, religious uh, figures or, or spiritual figures that said, if you really want to understand religion, you have to understand 
every single one because each one brings answers and it's a coalition it's a unification of ideas of perspectives and and it's like that with spirituality you know it's it's making sure that we're looking at it from all different sides because what why do we want to practice like why do we want to establish a spiritual practice you know like let's just really establish before i say yes i'm going to be spiritual i'm going to meditate You've got to also understand that you've got certain conditioning there that you're going to start to fight with. And you need to be prepared for that because it's, you're going against the grain all of a sudden. You're going against what maybe you were taught. At least for me, that's how my experience was. I'm probably speaking for everybody else and I shouldn't. But my experience was very much in the beginning as I was you know, going through the spiritual awakening and understanding these new concepts and philosophy and ideas and meshing it with my upbringing. There was a lot of like, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, when Internal like, conflict? Yes, yes, right? Where all of a sudden things are being presented to me, ideas of like, you know, far beyond what spiritual or religion ever presented them to me. And it was very hard for me in the beginning to accept these some of these concepts. So what I did was stick with what I knew, which was what felt good, which was to meditate. And eventually it started to become more of like, okay, I want to know more, I want to know more, as I started really getting to sense what meditation was doing for my body, what it was doing for integration of my mind with my emotions and helping me become less, less responsive to day to day things. And then that's when you know, everything starts kind of triggering an awareness almost, because that's what we're doing is building awareness. At the end of the day, we want to become more aware, because we resonate that energy, therefore, we're going to influence others around us to become more aware, which brings more compassion, which brings more love, which brings more joy, which brings more abilities for people to be accepting of peace and tranquility versus yeah. where we are now. You know, which it's nothing wrong being in this results driven society, there's nothing wrong with it, it's gotten it to, to where we are, but I feel like we've become drunk like these zombies almost in this yeah. society, yeah. Yeah, going back to what you said about the internal conflict you were facing when you were um, you were starting to explore uh, faith traditions outside of the one that you were raised in, I think that also goes back to the like the practice of studying. It's like once you have more knowledge, it no longer is something to be feared or feel guilt over mm -hmm. because. Um, a lot of these faith traditions go back um, hundreds of thousands, not a hundred and thousand years, but thousands of years. Mm -hmm. um, and with religion, like we do see parallels and similarities across um, majority of religions, like at the heart of every religion, it's really about love, right? Like yes. love for yourself, love for the universe. So it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just over time, um, humans manipulate religion for their own gains or their own agenda and that's that's what a lot of us when you're talking about internal conflict that's what a lot of us face when we start to explore other um ideas outside of our home religion or outside of the the culture where you're raised in so it's just kind of expanding your awareness like you said and um deepening your knowledge of the practices that are available to you because we are all humans we're all you know one species <laughs> like we yes. all we have different cultures and we you know we might see things differently our worldviews might be different slightly but in reality like we're not that much different from each other 
Um, so We're really not going on. I wanted to distinguish between self-care and the spiritual practices that we're going to talk about. A lot of the spiritual practices that we're going to mention uh, do have self-care components and can be self-care. But what I wanted to really um, instill in our listeners is that self-care and spiritual practices, they could be the same thing, but what's different about them is the intention behind each one. So the intention of self-care is really just coping with day-to-day stressors, maintaining your health, um, it's, it's you time if it's, you know, the bubble bath or going for the jog or the walk, but you could have a walk that is a spiritual practice. And that's because the intention is different when you're walking for a spiritual practice, you're connecting with your higher self or your God mm-hmm. or your spirit guides or your soul. It's mm-hmm. what do you think about that, Marcella? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. You know, and I feel like a lot of self care has a lot of spiritual spirituality tied into it because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of self-care ideas is bringing the body into being able to rejuvenate, relax, and recover, right? And it involves a lot of the body. And, and we talked about it during the alchemy episodes, you know, how the body, the physicality of things is very much a part of your spiritual evolution. So the fact that we have, that we make time and focus and, and, and create space and time to take care of our temple, to take care of our body very much ties into a spiritual practice. And I feel like you can't have one without the other. You know, you can't yeah. do self-care without spirituality and you can't do spirituality. with. It's like they're really, they're tied in together. But like you said, they're very different. Self-care is very much more nurturing, relaxing. We think of it more for like rejuvenating, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to get us ready to experience and to be able to be a part of this three-dimensional reality that we're a part of, to be able to to mesh our energy with other people versus spirituality gets us prepared and, you know, helps us become in a harmonious state of existence, not just to go out there and experience the world, but to be in a state of harmony with our environment, with our surroundings, with, you know, with Gaia, with mother earth, with our planetary systems. Cause that's, that to me is really getting into flow state. It's not just your own personal flow, it's getting into the true flow of where the energy around us is shifting. And when you, when you can like balance your personal energy with that energy that's surrounding you, you know, that's where that spiritual spiritual practice really helps you level up in a sense, or, you know, stay connected with your higher self, practice presence, the importance of being present. So you're not living in the future. You're not living in the past. Therefore you're escaping that whole stressful anxiety um, crazy eight loop that we tend to put ourselves in, right? So practicing presence is self care, but it's also a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And taking a bubble bath, taking a bubble bath for me is very uh, transcending, like, especially mm-hmm. for the right situations. Like, I've been putting salt, a lot of salt in my baths. I've been making it a practice where I like, I do a little bit of smudging, I cleanse the space with some chanting. And I just turn it into an experience and it can be both. I feel like spirituality can be both and vice versa, but the intention is very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, connecting with source or whatever you want to call it, I feel like is a key um, component to spirituality versus um, self-care, but they are intertwined a lot of the times. And so do you think you can be a spiritual person and also be agnostic 
or mm-hmm. atheist as well, mm-hmm. if you are connecting with yourself at a higher level, um, if you're doing these practices to kind of connect with yourself um, and that it can look very much like self-care. So they do have this gray area where there isn't a whole lot of difference between them, but it's about the intention behind them. Absolutely. And I feel like creating, establishing, practicing a spiritual practice, you know, I tie this back into like these professional athletes, you know, they have to practice, that's their training for the big game, right? Mm -hmm. And even if they're really good, the best athletes still train day in and day out, even though because they've already learned it, they already have the experience, they're already the best at what they do, doesn't mean they stop training every Mm -hmm. single day during Mm -hmm. the off season. They're the ones doing the most. They're the first ones in. They're the last ones out. And I feel like if we if we really understood that we need to take that as serious, not because life is a game. I mean, you could always interpret the matrix as a game, right? But mm-hmm. it's getting us ready for the game. It really is. I, I actually just realized like, that's a good uh, uh, symbolism to put together. You know, it's our spiritual practice training ourselves to get ready for the big game on how to face problems, challenges, you know, things that trigger us, uh, situations that are going to trip us up, you get ready during your spiritual practice. So what does that look like? It's different. It's going to be different for everybody. For me, I can't, I personally don't do well, do well with doing the same thing every single day. I have to mix it up. So maybe one day it's doing sun salutations, moving my body and then sitting down for five minutes and doing a gratitude meditation. The next day, maybe it's, you know, just sitting down and doing a deep, deep dive and really wanting to connect with my guides and my higher self. The next day might look a little different, you know, so it's fig- and, and I figured this out after a few years. It's mm-hmm. taking me a couple of years. At first, I was just following like, oh, they're telling me to sit down and meditate and breathe and it was a challenge and know that you're going to face a challenge and to figure out what works for you. But it's setting that intention and making that decision up front to say, this is the direction that I would like to take my spiritual growth journey to be able to connect to self because it gets us ready. It really does get us ready for the day because mm-hmm. we're still going to have to interact with the world. You can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that idea of, having a variety of practices too, because not every day is going to be conducive to me sitting for 10 to 15 minutes. So most of the time I can do five minutes of meditation a day. Mm-hmm. My five minute meditation is going to be for presence. It's going to be for mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for breathing and recentering myself. It's not going to be for connecting to uh source or spirit guides. Cause it's only five minutes. And right. so, um, I don't meditate every day to like chat with my spirit guides because right. that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, and it is very much a practice because I'm very new. I mean, I've been trying to communicate with my spirit guides and kind of opening myself up to that for the past two years. And it's only been mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe the last like six months that I've kind of been having more engagement with them when I'm sitting. Um, but it, it takes time to really open up all those channels and to really find your flow with it. Um, and it, it also has to do with like intention and agenda setting. Like I notice mm-hmm. it's very easy to get into a practice and be like, I want this one thing to happen every time. I want right. I want to talk to my spirit guide every time. And then 
things don't work that way. Um, when we do our spiritual practice, there is a lot of like surrender to Mm -hmm. what's happening. Um, and being open to being kind of out of control with some things. Um, yes. You know, we can't really control the outcomes of anything, and we definitely can't control outcomes of our spiritual practice either. So it's really, I mean, all my spiritual uh, practices do involve intention setting. Like, what do I want to do in that time? Not what do I expect? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and appreciate, you know, how, whatever does come through for you during that time. Same for me. Like, I'm, when I had the time to do a deep, deep, you know, 45 minutes, I've done an hour and a half meditations. I've done longer meditations, but I may have set an intention at the beginning, but as I've allowed myself to surrender, it's taking me somewhere else, but I'm allowing it because that's the path that I need to, to go. That is the direction that I need, you know, and it's surrendering is just, it's hard to surrender because it's being okay with the unknown. It's being okay with things that you don't understand And that took some time. That took some time. I definitely fought it and challenged it. And, you know, it took me a while to get past the body, the body of this hurts, this is starting to sting, this is that, right, that breaks you out of that, that state of stillness. So it took a while to get past the fact that I, the spirit control the body. And right now, I don't care if that's stinging, it's not relevant, it doesn't matter, you can handle it, move on. Like, getting past that barrier took me some time. That's why a lot of people I feel like give up because they can never get past the body. Yeah. And they think it's too hard. Yeah. Or, or like you said, it's, it's wanting a certain thing to happen that moment in time. Like you want to be successful in meditation the very first time you ever do meditation. Like, I think that's why a lot of people give up. I think they want yeah. to sit for like 20 minutes and it's like, don't start with 20 minutes. Start with, I started with two minutes. Yeah, literally sitting for two minutes and just focusing on my breath. And I did that for a few months. And then you gradually build up over time. And then the pain part, like people do experience pain when they're sitting and um, that we're not saying that you should suffer through the pain, but like breathe into the pain Mm -hmm. and and kind of, yeah, it's time to focus in on the body when your body is trying to communicate with you. And like, so if I am having pain or if I, during meditation, that's not the time to be like, Hey, spirit guys, come talk to me right now. <laughs> it's like, no, there's exactly. something, there's something to address on, inside the body. Um, and so it becomes, you know, surrender is important, but with that, there's also acceptance and also having boundaries. Like mm-hmm. it's okay if you're having pain and you're like, I'm going to cut this short and I'm going to yes. do something that's better for my body right now. Um, exactly. You know, it's making, you have, you do have control over the choices you make and cutting your meditation short because you're in pain or you're not feeling it. doesn't make you a less spiritual person. You're just doing the right thing for yourself at the right time. And, and know that however you begin and however, so uh, I was sharing with someone about meditation. They're like, Oh, well, I am not a meditator. I always fall asleep. I was like, well, there's two things here. One, if you say you're not, you're not. If you say you are, you are. So you're already, you're already giving up before even trying when you say, I'm not a meditator. So that's part of that meditation, that spiritual practice is getting past that conditioning, right? Of I am not a meditator. So just know that that's part of your growing of your meditation practice. That's a good place to start because that's bringing awareness to something that you didn't bring awareness to before. Yeah. And even if you fall asleep, you are still gaining all the benefits of meditation <laughs> by slowing down your brain waves. 
if you are falling asleep, that means you need to get more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, yes. That's what your body's telling you. You do need to be sleeping more. Most of us don't get enough sleep. Um, yes. And so we're so distracted with um, our modern uh, world with our devices with a TV is in every bedroom now or mm-hmm. computer. It's like, I mean, most of us need more quality sleep. So if you are falling asleep, um, you're meditating too long and you actually do need to sleep. You do need to take a nap. You do need to make time for that. Um, but let's get into some everyday practices. We've been talking a lot about meditation, so no, no big surprise. Like meditation is really big for both Marcella and I, um, I feel like it's a good place to start if you are agnostic or atheist, um, leaning, um, it's a good place to just begin to align with your own breath and with your own self. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, With meditation, I think what accompanies that or what is the opposite side of meditation is prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's, should we, should we skip meditations as we talk about it all the time or? Well, meditation, I feel like, yeah, we can, we don't have to dive too deep into it because we do talk about it all the time, but it's just remembering the difference between meditation and prayer, right? Meditation is about integrating with your body. It's, 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 it's integrating your energy. It's making, it's not making sure, but it, it's guiding your soul to connect with the mind, the body, the emotions to create and, wholeness. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, we use it to connect with the universe. We use it to connect yes. with all beings. I mean, especially if you get into starting the chakras and how your crown chakra and your third eye chakra, we, both Marcella and I tend to when we meditate, we do tend to focus on our chakras too. And like Mm -hmm. when you focus on your crown chakra, which is at the very top of your head, um, you are connecting with um, all beings, all and with the universe. So you're opening up to those frequencies. All dimensions, you're Mm -hmm. opening up to, you're surrendering to the, you're you're becoming a channel of this information. And we like to set intention at the beginning of recording and do that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the other thing with meditation is just, it, for me at least, I don't know if this is um, true for you, is allowed me to be more in control of my body, of my emotions. And so that's different than prayer, at least my experience with prayer, because I grew up Catholic. We prayed every Sunday and, you know, I was taught to pray before you go to sleep. I was taught to pray as soon as you wake up. Prayer for me is more of, um, you know, there and there's two sides of prayer. There's There's pleading. And then there's, there's the gratitude, the thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're just pleading during prayer, you're, they say you're doing it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. prayer also involves a lot of faith, which meditation also involves. And so I feel like they're correlated in that, but very different because prayer is more about just having that, to me, at least it's that conversation with mm-hmm. source or God or whoever, you know, it is that you believe in is having that deep connection of, for me, I always like to open up with gratitude and being thankful and yeah. and then that studying everything uh, for our podcast, you know, gratitude opens up your heart chakra, which is, you know, if you can ex- open up your heart chakra, you've got this like resonant energy that can extend like 30 plus feet around you. And, and, and that influences people around you. And yeah. so if you can get into that, if you can tap into your heart chakra through gratitude, faith now is more of like this surrender of like yes I believe in it and then that's when the supplications that's the word I was looking for the supplication begins but you don't want to be in the supplication of like give me give me give me give me 
it's I understand if there is a challenge that I need to overcome in order to obtain what I am seeking. And it's, you know, I feel like in this day and age, prayer is more of like, well, take care of this and make sure this is fixed. And it's like, I don't think we're praying quite correctly here. Like challenges are going to happen. You know, instead of praying for, for less problems, why don't you pray for more wisdom so that you can learn how to adapt to those challenges and find solutions to those problems, right? There's a difference here with prayer. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, similarly, like prayer is the giving and meditation is the receiving side. That's beautiful. Those two, the, their polarity is like prayer. Like you said, the uh, gratitude and the open dialogue that's continually going back and forth between you and your source or your God or whomever um, that you are speaking with the trees, earth, Gaia, whatever it may be, prayer is our opportunity to extend that gratitude and to um, call in the wisdom. And the meditation is very much, aside from the mindfulness part of meditation that we're all aware of in this day and age, meditation is the receiving part when we open up Mm -hmm. that third eye in meditation and we start receiving Mm -hmm. what people call downloads or information. I don't, you and I have talked about that term. I'm not even sure if we would consider it downloads, um, but it's just a nice analogy that people like to use um, Mm -hmm. when they receive some sort of cosmic or celestial or um, supernatural or yeah, some paranormal information um, that's unexplained. And so um, I like to see it that way. Like I I have, I engage in prayer where I am vocal Mm -hmm. and then the meditation is the sitting and receiving. And also you you sit in gratitude and stuff like that too, but um, there are two sides to the same point. Yeah. And meditation really helps me get ready to take on this three-dimensional reality. Like now that I'm really understanding our three-dimensional reality, like I I can't live in this little bubble of spirituality and meditation all the time. So my body, you know, understanding frequencies and resonance now, I very much need to meditate. And it's a must for me every morning because it helps align my chakras. And I, I understand how potent and powerful it is to keep your energy, you know, points because it's going to affect your meridians around your, on your, around your body. And as you start getting into all this stuff, this is why seeking the knowledge is so important. I couldn't have talked to you about this three years ago when I started my spiritual practice. I would have just told you, you know, meditation has been good for me because I've been able to get into gratitude state and my day is better. And mm-hmm. our conversation would have been a little bit more surface level three years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. So Same. let's move into the next one because I feel like, for me, after meditation, I always feel like I'm, like you said, we're in receiving mode that I'm built up with so much energy that sometimes I have to move my yoga practice after meditation because I need to move it. I need to like, you know, move it around and maybe even share it. And that's when I start projecting energy to other people and share it. Yeah. Um, movement can be dancing. It could just be swaying. For me, my body just automatically moves during meditation anyways. It's just <laughs> a part of it. I can't control it. I've tried. But then when I try controlling it, it's almost like I'm, I'm going against flow. So it's like I've just released and I let my body do what it wants to do. And movement really helps me personally get into resonance and get into like harmony. Yeah, those um, who love to go to EDM shows, like yeah. really big ones, like they definitely, I would not be surprised. And if anybody's listening who has gone to an EDM festival, like I would like to hear your experience. But I, I can imagine it is a spiritual experience um, yes. 
because a lot of that music is just vibing with the frequencies. You know, there's not a lot of vocals to it. It is very mm-hmm. energetic. And I, I can imagine that um, that would be a very spiritual experience. So dancing is a big one. Um, we see that across faith traditions of all kinds. Like dancing yes. is a huge part um, of many spiritual traditions. I'm trying to think of one um, to Well, even up. shamanic, shamanic um, rituals involve a lot of of dancing and movement and sound and you know it's it's just it's very part it's part of it you know to get into resonance it, it, it these are tools right at the end of the mm-hmm. day these are just tools to really help us get into that harmony state and movement at least for me when I dance I'm able to be I feel like I am in the most present that I can be consciously when I'm dancing yeah if that makes sense yeah, I definitely dance alone in my room when I need to. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I mean, it's sacred movement. It's good. And mm-hmm. and I, you can, um, I don't think we'll talk about it here because um, I'm not quite comfortable talking about it yet. But I mean, under movement, we, there are like, you know, sexual practices that people deem um, sacred and spiritual. So that mm-hmm. that all kind of falls under movement, but yeah, movement, walking, there's walking meditation, um, that they do in yoga is active meditation. Yes. It's moving meditation. And so, um, in Zen practice, they, they do walking meditation and the Zendo. And so it, when the, that walking meditation is very, very intentional, it's, you know, it's ushered in through sound. They initiate the walking with, um, I don't remember what they're called, but they're like the bamboo sticks, Mm -hmm. I think, the blocks. And so they Mm -hmm. start it with the blocks and then you walk very slow and you're all walking in a circle in the Zendo and you start like every part of your foot is activated as you're walking very slow. So it's very intentional walking. Mm -hmm. Um, It's but I think even going for a walk or a hike in nature is spiritual, especially if you're going out into the woods or the mountains or a field, like you are connecting with nature, which um, nature, mother earth, that's one of the oldest sources of spirituality that we can recall. So that in and of itself is a spiritual practice. If that's the intention of your walk. Absolutely. And it, and it can very much ties into self care, right? It's keeping our bodies moving and, and, and flowing and, and uh, it all kind of, marries itself and and for me movement also helps me be grateful moving into our next one because I have to remind myself how blessed I am to be able to have limbs that move Mm -hmm. to be able to stand up to be able to walk so for me it's always a reminder like when I'm on the motorcycle the very first thing I say is like I'm so fortunate and lucky that I'm able to do this and it keeps me safe just knowing that you know I put myself in that safety bubble when I get on my motorcycle, but it's being very grateful for the opportunity and being grateful, you know, to have these limbs and to have this consciousness and to have this ability. And when I feel like any, when I'm facing any sort of challenge, I've learned to figure out, you know, how can I put myself in a gratitude state right now? And when I do that, I can find solutions differently. I can, it's it's not, it's no longer a challenge. It's just something else I have to face. It's just different. It changes my approach. Yeah. And with gratitude, that's another one of our everyday spiritual practices. And gratitude can come in all forms. I mean, a lot of these are interchangeable. You could use Mm -hmm. these practices together. And with gratitude, that is like what we talked about with prayer. It is the giving part of giving like uh, awareness or recognition that 
I am living an abundant life. And Mm -hmm. anybody could have that frame of mind, no matter what. And I know that some people might disagree with that, because some people are, you know, experiencing loss right now, tough times. I mean, we have war going on in Europe, Mm -hmm. we have, um, we have massive flooding going on in um, Pakistan, we just have like a lot of crap going on. We have flooding fires. There's a lot of loss and destruction going on right now that we're seeing. Um, and it's with all that, there is still an opportunity to harness gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I yeah. agree. Cause as a society, if we really look back at past, you know, bad experiences, it's only challenged us to look for solutions and make things better so that it doesn't impact us or hurt us the same way. So it's like they say too, viruses are here to help evolve the human species. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they break us down and tear us apart. And some of us don't survive, unfortunately. But the ones that do come out the other side stronger, right? And it's like this evolution process. And part of having a spiritual practice is being able to become an observer of life and not just be this victim of life or not just feel like things are happening, you know, at you. And, and it's like, for me, having a practice with all of this that we're going over is helping me develop that ability to stay an observer throughout the day. Yeah. I'm still not there a hundred percent. I'm still human. I'm still going to be reactive. Things still spark. And sometimes I become unconscious a lot of times I become unconscious and I even catch myself just feeling like I'm moving through the motions and I have to bring it back to presence, you know, through one of these, whether it's breath work, whether it's gratitude. For me, it's gratitude a lot because of the now understanding the heart chakra and the heart resonance. Like I try to get into gratitude as much and as often as possible. Why I only have like, if I only have a minute or two, that's the one that I go to breath work and gratitude. I don't know is there some for you? No, I, I agree with that because when we do put ourselves in a state of gratitude, like you said, we do tend to be more open to um, solutions. We do tend to be more um, receptive to others. We, uh, we can operate in a space where we're less reactive. So we're more responsive and we can, you know, we can give our best selves mm-hmm. versus shrinking away in our reactivity or in our bitterness or, whatever it may be. So those of us who are privileged and aren't suffering from war or famine or flood or fire right now, like it's kind of imperative for us to find, put to ourselves grateful. in a state of gratitude so that way yes. we can help, <laughs> we can help. And we're not, mm-hmm. we're not being victimized by our everyday circumstances because um, the world needs everybody to kind of come together right now and find mm-hmm. solutions that are sustainable for everybody. And if we're all coming from that place of, resource distraction and uh, scarcity mindset, then we're not going to be able to extend ourselves to others. Right, right. And and switching it to a more of a gratitude abundance. And that state, it's like, I do have, even if it's just $20 that you can give to somebody, because you don't have the time or the ability to volunteer, like, you do have the resources to help out. $20 $20 may not be a lot to you, but it could be life changing for somebody else. You just never know. Yeah. And it could be it could be the meaning between eating that day or not. And that could change somebody's life. You just never know. And starting a gratitude practice. I remember when I started mine, I was making a list every night before I went to bed. I just had a notebook and I would write down um, five things that I was grateful for. Yes. And when you start <laughs> off that way, it's a great way to start. But 
you will start to see that like some of the things like going back and looking at what I used to write down when I first started, it was like, you know, kind of the superficial things Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm thankful for, or like the, I shouldn't say superficial. I should say surface level, typical things like I'm thankful for having a roof over my head. Yes. But as you begin to develop that practice, it starts to take on a whole new shape. And and when you start studying gratitude practices and maybe dabbling in like guided meditations for gratitude, it expands your, your awareness of what gratitude can look like to you. So, Mm -hmm. um, but starting with a list, I mean, I still do it at night. I just don't actually write things down. Occasionally I'll just think about like, what's one thing today that like, I'm just so thankful for and I'm so blessed, you know, and And, and 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 we forget that by doing this, you're also inviting it to continue to appear into your life. So there's, there is a huge value and benefit to us having a gratitude practice like the one you're stating, even if it is surface level in the beginning, yeah. you know, because yeah. you want the, those things are important to us in the beginning. And as we get deeper, then we can start, you know, building upon that. But if that's what gets you started, like whatever gets you started, like same with me. I did the whole five things yeah. <laughs> every morning and every night before going to bed. So basically don't judge yourself because there were exactly. times when I started, like I, I know I can't be the only person who is like uber critical of myself, especially when I'm starting something new. Like I know when I started my spirituality practices, like I was very much like, well, this is how they do it. Or this is how, you know, the monks do it. That if I was going to a Zen um, Buddhist temple, mm-hmm. that's kind of where my, spirituality practice started was with Zen Buddhism. And it was like, well, they are sitting for like hours at a day. So I got to sit for hours at a day. And it's like, um, don't no. play the comparison game. Like just yeah. start small mm-hmm. and, let, and it, build. let it develop. Yes. Let it develop. Let it build. Let it, let it guide you. Cause it will guide you. The more, the more you surrender to it, it will guide you. And right now that you talked about expansion with gratitude, I feel like this next one really puts me in that state of expansion is you know, study and knowledge and seeking information. For me, sometimes that looks like watching a documentary, sometimes reading a book, but I am very present in that moment. And I am like, you know, you activate both sides of your brain in that, in that, and you're creative and you have like better problem solving skills. And you can, again, it helps you become that observer. You're adding different layers to your perspective and your ability to kind of go and experience this three-dimensional reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the responsible thing to do um, with spirituality is, you know, know, uh, try to know what you're talking about. And that's, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kind of speaking to us too, because we're starting this whole new endeavor mm-hmm. of a podcast and talking about this stuff. And we're really, uh, we are trying to be as knowledgeable as possible with the time that we have with this. So we're really trying not to just like, you know, say random stuff and just fill the airwaves with crap. Like we are trying to be knowledgeable with it and we know that we're not perfect. So, um, and what we believe is ever evolving, you know, what you believe should never be set in stone. This is what we believe right now through our teaching, through our evolution, but that does not mean it's the end all of be all. We hope that this just inspires you to you yourself become a seeker of knowledge. Yeah. And this goes, um, into, the next spiritual practice that a lot of people tend to do. Um, and we talked about it at the beginning of the episode is cleansing and grounding and mm-hmm. cleansing is a big, it's a big deal in spiritual practice because you want to come to your intentional practice um, clean <laughs> and, you know, have your hands washed, like 
brush your teeth, like clean, because it, it brings a level of, um, well, it like cleanses your energy and it brings a level of respect to your, to your, um, practice. And mm-hmm. so with a lot of us, we like to smudge, burn incense. And, um, we now know after studying for this podcast that, um, white sage is the most common form of smudging and it's, um, it's become so popular through the use of social media that they are finding out that there's like illegal harvesting of white mm-hmm. sage. And that happens to take place where we live um, mm-hmm. in Southern California and Northwest uh, Mexico. And so white sage only grows in this region. And um, I take, when I used to work in outdoor education and I took elementary kids out on hikes in our regional mountains, I would point out white sage and have them smell the leaves. And I didn't realize that it was such an important sacred plant to a lot mm-hmm. of the indigenous tribes of this region. And yeah. they're even, they're even finding that it's a problem among um, tribes too. Like there mm-hmm. are tribes in other parts of the United States who use white sage too. And they aren't, they're, they aren't always aware of where it's being sourced from. And so whatever you choose to cleanse or whatever tool you use, you want to make sure that it's ethically sourced and looking into this, like you just have to type in ethically sourced white sage or ethically sourced lavender and you'll find a distributor. You'll find a farmer. Mm -hmm. Like um, it's all out there, but. um, And then, and then don't just do things to do them. Right. Don't just do that because people, that's what people are doing to, to cleanse their space is saging. Well, why? Why does sage cleanse your spade? Maybe it's time to explore those. You know, that was for that was a question that I was like, why smoke? Why that particular smoke for that particular plant? Like, why, why, why? You know, and I came into some of the knowledge and like the science behind it. It all has to do with frequency, right? That particular smoke resonates at a particular frequency that cancels out some of this other night. It's all like there's a purpose behind it. So it's like, Hopefully you're looking into the purpose and the intention and what Brittany and I were talking about before recording was going back to ancient cultures of asking for permission to utilize their sacred properties for our benefits, for our cleansing, you know, for everything that the properties. Yeah, the plant has, um, like they say, you know, in my culture growing up, well, dogs have a purpose. They're meant to protect. Therefore, they have to be outside and blah, 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 blah. Well, sage is meant to cleanse. Therefore, you should just burn it. No, maybe like establish a ritual where you ask for permission and you let it know what your intention is. Like there is power in in that faith, right? It's having faith in this plant that it's going to do what it's it's supposed to do. Yeah. And it's moving away from extraction culture, right? Exactly. When you're not using a whole bundle, you're using just one of the springs, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, you're using a small amount and then, um, you know, looking at your own lineage and possibly looking into the plants that your ancestors use and seeing what you could do with that. And then using local plant medicine, there are going to be botanists, there's going to be herbalists, there will be uh-huh. people at your local museum, natural history museum, who will know all about this stuff, um, who might even offer classes on it mm-hmm. about plant use. So uh, yeah. this is just goes back to study, educate yourself on yeah. what you want to use and um, then approach it with the respect that it deserves. 
And that goes into the next one of tuning and harmonizing because Mm -hmm. in this culture with social media, YouTube, all this other stuff, we've seen tuning and and harmonizing being used with crystal bowls, right? And people just see, oh, because they sound pretty and they each have a different noise. Well, let's explore that. Why does tuning and harmonizing work? Well, every single crystal emits a certain frequency and it's those subtle differences in, in hertz and frequencies that align with different parts of your body and your chakras and they're meant for different things. And it's like, we must educate ourselves. And, and for me, it was very heartbreaking one day. I stopped buying crystals because of this, you know, getting this little shard of crystal under, and then I was staring at it. Like I was, was almost like talking to it. Like, what are you feeling? Like it was broken apart from a much larger piece of itself. So am I even really getting, you know, the full spectrum of the frequency from this rock if it was taken away from its hole? And I'm just like having this intense interaction Mm -hmm. with this crystal rock. And I'm just like, there's there's a lot more to this than just having a crystal to help me harmonize and to help me become and, you know, level out my frequency during meditation. Like, are we really asking these questions before just implementing the next trend that we see on social media? Right. Right. And I mean, you brought it up and I've really been playing with it a lot lately too, is how we can do all these things with sound Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we have YouTube that offers different frequency music. There's tons of people who put frequency music out there. It's like ASMR, but for the spirituality community. And so um, most like the binaural beats, the binaural is huge because it really, it forces, and you want to listen to them with headphones, right? Because each side of your each ear is listening to something else and each ear connects with the opposite side of the brain. And all of a sudden, like you're now you have both sides of your brain communicating, like, what are we hearing right now? And so you're Mm -hmm. activating which dancing, singing, art, you know, all of this is meant to activate your right side and your left side of your brain. And when you can get yourself into that uh, state of energy, a state of frequency, like that's, those are the moments when you can transcend this this three-dimensional reality and connect with those downloads. I mean, writers, uh, movie writers, like they had those moments of inspiration, right? And they probably can't correlate it to like a spiritual type of experience, but it was like a moment in time where they probably did have a spiritual experience in one way or another. And this idea dropped on themselves, right? That download that we all talk about. And it happens to us too. Like some of these downloads to me just, is uh, an aha, like a a breakthrough of something that I've been really questioning, or uh, something, you know, that I'm kind of educating myself in recently with all this podcast that we're doing, you know, I'm obviously having to dive pretty deep in some of this stuff. And it's almost like these constant aha moments. And it's through this practice of studying, cleansing, grounding, moving, gratitude, it's like, it's all together. It's not just one. Yeah. And it's, to me, the, it's like any other practice, like an exercise routine practice. It's, um, you know, there is a, what is a compound effect. So it's like mm-hmm. you start small and it's mm-hmm. slow progress and then it starts to build on itself exponentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so to and then it wrap, becomes second nature. Yeah. So to wrap up this podcast, this episode, um, we talked about, a few practices that you can get started on today. Um, prayer being one and meditation, prayer and meditation to me, they go hand in hand, but you don't have to have prayer to meditate. You don't have mm-hmm. to meditate to have prayer. 
Um, you don't have to have a prayer in particular. You could just start that conversation. It could be awkward. It can be strange. It doesn't, you don't have to attach any judgment to it. You could just get started to connect with your um, source or your higher self. Mm-hmm. Then we have movement movement with the intention of connecting with your higher mm-hmm. self or a spiritual ex- having that spiritual experience while walking um, while taking those deep breaths will really um, get you there too. And gratitude, study, cleansing and grounding. Grounding has a lot to do with meditation too. Like, mm-hmm. or just sitting, getting, taking your shoes off on your walk and just like yes. walking barefoot on the grass that can be with the right intention, a very spiritual experience. And then, or, or I was just going to say, or us, that we're so spoiled in Southern California to be next to the beach, being oh, able to just right. do the some sand. grounding, the sand oh, and yeah. the water. Walking, along, yeah, walking along the shore is really, really great. And then mm-hmm. the last one is tuning and harmonizing. And that is just, you know, even just chanting Aum. Yes. I mean, that com- that's a Buddhist practice. But I, what does Aum stand for again? It's like a universal So Aum right? is, is another word for Amen. Um, Om it tends to harmonize our body to the Schumann resonance, which is Gaia's resonance, Earth's mm. Mother Earth's resonance. So if if you're tuning your voice correctly, um, yeah, it's more like connecting your body to that resonance, right? And and it's tuning is very important. We're gonna do an episode on sound healing because I feel like that's the direction science is starting to catch up, which is very exciting for me. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know why, but we'll discuss it on that episode. I think um, we'll, we'll get a little more into sound, vibration, frequency, and healing with sound and why it's so important for us as human beings. Yeah. And I don't chant Aum every time, but sometimes right. when, I'm, when I am aligning my chakras, like if you do the Aum um, in a very specific way where you're dropping your register and then bringing it back up, you do kind of, I feel it all the way from... Yeah my 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 lowest chakra up to the crown so it's like yes. you can actually feel it in your body when you're doing it correctly but if you're just sitting there you're like um um if you're not really putting your body into it you don't really notice it but all these things you know they're easy to start yes. um but and, but you might be intimidated by it and that's where the study comes in just making mm-hmm. expanding your awareness with the study and then giving it a try having no judgment and uh yeah and then focusing on just the experience. Don't expect a result. Don't just expect, you know, things to be a certain way. Just enjoy the process. Enjoy the process of getting to know yourself because that's at the end of the day what this is about is getting to know yourself. Yeah. So with that, we thank you guys for your time. This is always a pleasure. I love being able to connect with you all. If this resonated with you at all, share it with a friend. Share it on your social media. We would greatly appreciate it. And if it resonates with you, please rate our show here on Spotify. It helps us um, get more exposure. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. If you're vibing with us, please rate and review on Spotify. Turn on your notification bell so you never miss us. Follow us on Instagram at The Grounded Space Cadets. And until next time, bye space babies.